competing at a combined weight of 405 pounds. They are the reigning, defending, undisputed racing dudes, triple crown champions of the world, the magic. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 450, Mr. Samich. March Madness, huzzah! Hey, welcome back. It's March Madness time. Kicked off, uh, tipped off today, I should say. Uh, you're back. It's been, uh, it's been, you had a little bit of, I don't want to say a break. You were, you had a break from the show. Um, yeah. You definitely didn't have a break from, from being super busy, and you still aren't. But welcome back to the show. Good to see you, buddy. Thanks, my man. I'm excited. Like I've told you before, this is the favorite thing. My favorite thing I do every week is this show Monday and Thursday. So I'm excited to be back and ready to roll. Hope you guys didn't uh, didn't miss me too much. I appreciate everyone who filled in as well. Two phenomenal shows while I was gone. I was able to listen to them both. Did a great job, man. Yeah, uh, Nick Feldman came in and he, he he broke up our streak of not giving out winning tickets here for a long time. Uh, and I, it was the first time in I think over a year, both hosts had a winning ticket. It was chalky, but... Uh, you know, mine paid, you know, almost $200 for 20 bucks. Nick Feldman was on here and, and he gave out some press tickets. And I know he was making a lot of money uh, with the rolling pick threes, that just style that you like to play as well. But you're mm -hmm. back from NHC in Las Vegas. And before we talk about Gulfstream real quick, what, how was NHC? I know it wasn't um, the successful endeavor that you had in years past necessarily. Did you at least have fun? Uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a blast able to hang out with a bunch of people, bunch of friends, get to see a bunch of people from the Magic Mike show. I appreciate everyone who came up, who qualified for the first year, second year, third year, whatever it was. Uh, 700 plus entries. So it grew by almost 20 percent, which is phenomenal as well, just from a tournament perspective. Uh, it was a little frustrating. I was in the top 20 early in the day on Friday, hit a 17 to one shot over at Oakland and then just couldn't connect. I was picking the wrong horses, unfortunately. And then I hit another 17 to one shot on Saturday. Unfortunately, it was on the wrong entry. So it's uh, it's frustrating when you oh. kind of switch your entries up like that. Could have probably made a run there second day. Uh, lots of prices on that second day. It was phenomenal to see that move around. Uh, Dr. Tang made a wonderful run. Just got nipped there to miss the money. Brutal beat there. Uh, the Hoffmans also sitting at the table. They were in the top 20 going into that second or that third day. They made the money. And they just took two brutal beats on, on Sunday morning to not make the final table there. So a lot of fun. Excited to see someone there at the table cash and looking forward to being back there next year. It's it's just so much fun to be in that room. You got that experience a couple of years ago and it's it's just the electricity is just palpable in there. Uh, so it's it was a blast being in Vegas. Craps didn't go great. Poker went very well. Uh, a lot of fun being in the VSIN studio there as well for Patrick's show Sharp Money. So just an overall blast of a trip, but a week is a long time in Vegas, my friend, especially when you're staying at hotels on the Strip. Oh, yeah, I could imagine. I mean, a week I get a week anywhere away from, like, home and everything. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go back. A lot of the issue for me, and maybe you're a tall guy, too, maybe you have this issue. If I'm not in my bed, I don't sleep that well. Like, we've got a king-size bed, and I'm not bragging. It's because I'm 6'4", and I need somewhere for all of this to, like, go somewhere comfortably. So when it's like, oh, we're staying on a double bed, uh, two of us, okay. Uh, or if you're in Vegas, it's, you know, sometimes you get a good room. Sometimes it, the beds are a little broken in, shall we say, but I'm glad that you had a great time, uh, in Las Vegas. Dr. Tang is back in the chat as well. And there were a lot of people even DMing me, like, hey, almost like you were a celebrity. They're like, oh, I, I want to go meet Mike. Where, do you know where he's at? Can I go? Meet? I was like, just, just go find him. It's a big room. You know where he's at. Just go, go say hi to him. So I'm glad that, uh, everybody came up and said hi to you. We are looking at Gulfstream Park's late pick five for this Saturday, March 18th. 
Uh, Dr. Tang says the crafts didn't go so well either. Uh, we got two stakes and we have two races, a main special weight on turf, and then two races for like the bottom barrel. So you're getting everything here at Gulfstream. Uh, synthetic turf, dirt, it's going to be everything that you would want and more. Let's get into it, buddy. Riders up. JerryWaltzRacingDudes.com. Have you ever cashed a huge bet and thought, man, I wish I had a t-shirt to commemorate this victory? Now you do. That's right. Maybe you cashed in on a mutter. His father was a mutter. His father was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. What did I just say? Look at that. A mutter. You got that. This is the apparel you've been waiting for. It's finally here. OG Handicappers. That's OGHandicappers.com. This is the face of horse racing apparel. It's not only horse racing, they've got golf, they've got lifestyle, casinos, cigars, betting, you name it. It features all your favorite. Look at that. So you cashed in on the front runner. Of course, it went gate to wire. Now, you know what? I need a t shirt for this. Boom. You've got it. OG Handicappers. OG Handicappers has a vibe for everyone, and they even now have a ladies' apparel. I'm thinking about getting some ladies' apparel for the, you know, for the Tinder girls. Bring them over. Here's a shirt for you. All right, OGHandicappers.com. Look at this. Get the uh, exact, maybe yeah, cash it on a huge exacto. You know what? I need one. Or maybe you're the best, the favorite of the family. Grade one bread. That's it. That's what you need. Follow them on IG, Facebook, and Twitter. Go to their store at OGHandicappers.com. Get yours today. Use promo code DUDES, D U D E S, at checkout for a 10 percent discount that's ochihandicappers.com go get it and before we get any further i want to remind everybody the magic mike show and everything we're racing dudes right now we are sponsored by og handicappers uh we've been wearing these shirts got the mudders on hopefully there's no mud at Gulfstream on saturday but uh lots of great apparel if you use promo code dudes at OGHandicappers.net, promo code dudes gets you 10 percent off everything across the store uh there's golf stuff there's lifestyle there's poker there's cigars there's whiskey there's horse racing it's pretty much everything that we love here on the magic mike show mike yeah very cool stuff i uh, appreciate them sending up some swag there to be able to to rock for these different shows really cool site make sure you check it out yeah, that's pretty awesome. Here we go. Late pick five at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, March 18th. Race eight, the Hutchison Stakes. Seven three-year-old males sprinting six furlongs on the dirt. I think it'll be six because the seven horse, certain. Number one, he's a maiden. Number two, he's cross-centered in a turf mile maiden special weight on Gulfstream Friday, March 17th. So if you listen to this after the fact, you probably know if he's going to end up scratching out of it. but Or end, sorry, end up running there. But Super Chow is the big focus here. Even money favorite the three horse. I singled. You were talking off air that you thought this was a logical single as well. Um, I know that you used him. You, you didn't single. But talk to me about the Super Chow, Mike. Yeah, I mean, look. The horse just missed in the grade three swale last time out. Now drops down into the overnight stakes company. Won three straight of these, these races. One at Keeneland. One at Tampa. One at Gulfstream. Was able to go gate to wire in all three of those. Just missed going gate to wire last time. And the question really is, can anyone press Super Chow? Because if so, then you could start to make a case, all right, maybe we, we like the two coming from a little bit off the pace, maybe the four a little bit off the pace. It's all about the one here. Look, the one went 22.45 last time out over the synthetic. If the one can press the three, 
this race gets a lot more interesting. If not, Super Chow may just be gone. Yeah, it's, and I looked at that too with the one. I thought, wow, that was a really nice effort on the synthetic. And I get why they're coming back to dirt. It's a stakes, three-year-old uh, season, and you want to give it a shot. Um, but I was looking at the time. I thought, yeah, 22 flat, 45 and one on synthetic. That's that's burning. Then I looked at Super Chow, and on debut, Super Chow at Coldstream Park, 21 and one, 45 flat. Uh, I don't think we'll be, hopefully, I'm hoping won't be too much of an issue, but the one is a little bit of an interesting outlier there. Uh, Diamond Cool, I always respect what B and Cone and, and Jose Ortiz do together. Um, B and Cone tends to sneak up and get, you know, really bomb things out here. I would like Diamond Cool a lot better if the horse had a different running style. If this was a horse that liked to sit off even just a little bit. I don't want a horse coming from too far off, but just a little bit. It seems like this is more of a, a press the lead and probably fade after trying to chase Super Chow around here. All right, so I'm singling the three. You're using the three, but you're also using another horse. Yeah, I mean, I looked at the two and the four, and both of them have a similar style to what Super Chow wants to do and just not nearly as good at it. So for me, those are two horses I'm going to try and fade a little bit here. I mean, they're, they're the next two prices on the list, and the one's the fourth choice. So if I think I can get to one of the longer prices here, I'm going to take a little bit of a swing. To me, that's the six. You better be joking. Uh, eight to one in the morning line for George Weaver. Saez takes them out. I love the Saez picks this one up. Horse broke its maiden and ran a 58 buyer at Aqueduct on November 6, 2022. Haven't seen it since. It's an awfully aggressive place to show up with this horse. It shows that all systems are go here. Weaver 27% off this type of layoff with a $2.26 ROI. Back-to-back-to-back good works, but not bullets, which we know I love because that means the price is going to be a little bit better. And oh, by the way, did you catch who owns the six? George Weaver. Co-owns it at least, yeah. Look at that. So the trainer is the one who is overplacing her own horse in a stakes race. Practical jokes the sire. You know me. I love some love me some practical joke in here as well. So I'm going to go too deep. I'm going to take the three who's the logical chalk, but you're most likely winner as well. But I think that's awfully interesting that the six even shows up in this spot, owned by the trainer, gets Sai as a board, taking a big time step up. I think that eight to one will get every bit of it. And if it ends up that this horse goes off at like three to one, watch out. This one could be absolutely loaded. So give me the three six to start out this pick five. I'm glad you said that, Mike. I agree. Watch the tote. I'll be doing that on this horse as well. The more I think about it, um, just watch it, see what happens. If there's a lot of steam coming on this, when you have a very deserving heavy chalk in Super Chow, Watch out for that one. I might end up dropping a couple of other horses off uh, my ticket in different legs just to try and add them in here. Um, I'm going to call a shot right now. I'm going to call a three, six, five straight trifecta. I think that that's how this probably comes across. You better be joking. Lots of upside as you outlined there. Size picking up the mount is huge. Live his life is the other Jorge Delgado trainee. He trains uh, Super Chow as well. This is a horse that loves to run third at Gulfstream. Three of the five starts here at this track. I've been uh, finishing third. Also has a win in a second. Um, I think that the six furlongs probably a little too short, but the horse has also been running at a mile. I had actually three races on the Gulfstream Park synthetic going two turns. Kind of a Johnny Tryhard shows up with a big effort here. Uh, but it'd be interesting because uh, Live His Life is also not a, trained by the same person as Super Chow. Leah Farms owns both of them. So it, it was interesting there that the, the five showed up. What happens with the five, do you think? That's a big question. I, I like the way you attack that there, too, saying that you like to try. You go back to that race three back at Gulfstream going a mile when this horse was able to pass some horses and close a little bit. I like that effort. The fact that we're shortening up here from a mile to six furlongs means, means we're probably going to be coming from off the pace, which I think is a very good thing in here. We talked about the two, the one, the two, and the four all have that same pressing style, want to be on the lead, but super chow probably faster. 
if they try and run down Chase Super Chow early or press Super Chow, there's a very likely scenario here with the one, the two, and the four all back off. The seven scratched. All of a sudden, you got the three, the five, and the six. That try is going to actually pay pretty well because it's, yes, your favorite on top. But the five and the six are going to be your longest and second longest shots on the board, assuming the seven does scratch out. So I like the idea of trying to go after that trifecta that way. The three, six, five cold is an interesting one. I'm probably going to be playing some three, six cold exacta as well, um, because I do think the six is probably going to be your second best horse in here, assuming that we do get the two and the four to back up. It's an interesting uh, fifth choice on the morning, like eight to one on the six. And uh, you and Dr. Tang are still in tournament mode because you both were like six, six, eight to one. That's the horse to use, not the chalk at even money. This is one of those angles that I really like when you see these horses that are kind of overly placed, but owned by that trainer. It just tells you that the horse is going well right now. And and that to me is a huge positive, especially in this type of field. My biggest concern here is Super Chow is just too good, um, which is is definitely a possibility that Super Chow just runs them off their feet. Yeah, I got beat last time out in the grade three swale, as you mentioned, going seven furlongs here uh, by General Jim, a horse that was uh, a lot of people, including Aaron Halterman, they were very excited to see him in the Holy Bull Sorry, not the whole. I keep saying that. Fountain of Youth. The Fountain of Youth stakes. Of course, we saw Forte come back, and I think it's a good thing General Jim probably scratched because I don't think he was touching Forte that day. Uh, let's move on. Second leg of the late pick five at Goldstream Park, Saturday, March 19th. Is that March 18th? Sorry. Race nine. Ten maiden three-year-old males plus three also eligibles. Routing nine furlongs on the turf. Where'd you go on top, buddy? I'm with the three horse, Rockstar Red on top. Uh, there is no speed in here for a mile and an eighth race here. And like you said, three-year-old maidens, I, I especially at Gulfstream Park, I want to look to see who's going to make the lead. If you watch Rockstar Red's first race, she had some trouble out of that gate. Um, I'm sorry, he had some trouble out of that gate. And so it, he should be more forwardly placed here in a race that's devoid of pace. Alvarado gets the call for Mott. I like that five to one price. I thought that effort was actually pretty good as well. Broke from the six post in a six horse field, which doesn't sound that bad. But when you actually watch the race, was never really able to save any ground. Uh, it was kind of two, three wide the entire time around both turns. I feel like this horse is going to run significantly better second time out here. Is going to be forwardly placed, if not the horse that gets the lead in this spot. And if we can get a nice little improvement off that last race, which came out a pretty good race. You had Santorini, the third horse, runs back to win. I think King D'Oro is a pretty good horse who is in the also eligibles here. I, if if that race turns out to be one of those key races and we can get in front of it and get Rockstar Red at a 5-1 to one price here, I think that's a, a great spot to be looking, especially since Clever Thought is going to be your favorite here and is going to be coming from the clouds, which is not necessarily something you want to be doing when there's a slow pace at Gulfstream. Yeah, I'm with you on this horse. I didn't, it wasn't my top pick, but I was looking at this going, this is, is this really going to be the horse that ends up leading? There's, when it's funny too, because you mentioned that race, uh, the debut didn't break from the gate very well and was never closer than, uh, or never uh, closer to the lead than fourth. It got within two and a half lengths about halfway through the race, but this wasn't a horse that showed a lot of speed because of that bad gate. So it was interesting that Timeform considers this to be probably the fastest horse early. Um, I went with the two clever thought on top that uh, debut. It was on synthetic, but it was going two turns. So it's interesting that Todd Pletcher was immediately like, we're going to a two turn race uh, for, you know, Sunday quality road out of a ghost Zapper mare. So should be able to handle that. Um, Boy, the breeding says he's perfectly spotted for this should be able to handle the turf. I love that. I read rides back. He did have that really nice closing kick, you know, missed by a length to get third last time out. Now second start um, a horse, but you know, it seems like he's got a lot of potential here and, I read it's just unbelievable. I mean, he's got 94 wins so far. I think Saez is second with like 58. Like that's the, the disparity between the, that's Luis Saez. <laughs> like the disparity there is ridiculous. Did you use the two? I did. Uh, this was my third horse in and I'm only going three deep. I, look, I respect the heck out of the two. And I, I feel like, again, this is this is one where 
I, I like a couple prices in here, that five to one shot. We'll talk about my second place horse in a second, but clever thought just makes a ton of sense here. Stretching out to a mile and eight should be fine. Going over the turf should be good. You mentioned Irad. I mean, he's winning three or four a day. It's just ridiculous at this point how well he is doing there at Gulfstream. So I, I did use the two. I think he's probably your most likely winner again. Uh, I like the post position as well. Should be able to save some ground in the back of the pack and then just swing out wide. That's what Irad's been doing a good job of. You don't want to get Try, get caught on the rail when you're on that last turn. You want to save as much ground as you can, obviously, but swing wide early. He did a great job with the brown horse in the last today doing just that. I'd expect we're going to see a similar run here from Clever Thought, just not nearly as much pace to chase as there was in the last today. Other horse I use is actually on the rail here. Uh, Spinzar. We're going to get 15 to 1 here for Suge. Uh, Jose Ortiz takes the mount in this spot. This horse is interesting. I, I kind of want to wonder kind of what they went through here as to the thought process of what they wanted to do with this horse long term it kind of feels like the ownership wanted to see if they could hit the triple crown trail with this horse you see it debut on dirt runs third to two next out winners comes back the second start stretches out to a mile and uh, 40 yards at tampa bay downs uh runs a pretty bad race over that dirt course and then they're like okay let's give this horse a little bit of layoff let's take some time this horse was probably always meant for the gold uh son of tap it out of a mad Oro mare there are meant for the turf. There's a ton of turf in that that setup there. So I think that the one responds very well to the turf here. I think it's interesting that Jose Ortiz takes the ride. You had Bryce uh, on the source at Laurel. You had Ferrer on at Tampa, two pretty good jockeys there. So consistently getting good mounts for a horse that sold for $450,000, probably wants the turf anyway. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Spinzar wakes up here and runs a huge race at 15 to 1. See, I didn't use this horse because I think they're very confused about what to do with him. That Shug debuts him at six at Laurel. Doesn't, you know, okay, he finishes third, but, um, you know, 13 and a half lengths behind the winner. By the way, Prince of Jericho won that race. I don't know if anybody listening or watching pays attention to Laurel Park. He's a damn good horse at Laurel. Uh, a stakes winner he's pointing for. that He's skipping the private term stakes this week, and he's going to go to the Tessio stakes, which has a win and you're in for the Preakness. So all that to say that's probably Brittany Russell's best three-year-old right now is Prince of Jericho. Um, lost to Groveland at Tampa, and that's the one that I can't get past. Like, you went to Tampa from Laurel. And you couldn't run a damn bit. And now you're going to show up at Gulfstream in the championship meet. And you're going to, this is where you try the turf. The breeding's there, but um, you talked about, by the way, $450,000 purchase by the people that bred it. That always kind of baffles me. I'm like, but if you were just going to spend $450 of your own money to get the horse back, why would you just pull him out of this sale? I didn't, that one was a little confusing to me. But um, this, I think you're right. I think this is a horse they thought originally was going to be on the Triple Crown Trail. Two very poor efforts on the dirt, especially at Tampa, uh, puts them on the turf here. I didn't use uh, – I'll let this horse try and beat me. I just don't like the the progression to get to where we're at and the path that got us here. Uh, next up for me, I'm going to go all the way outside of the current field, and I'm going to take the 10 B. Well as my second spot. Uh, Jack Sisterson has two horses in here. I like this one a lot. Really nice effort last out to rally for third. Find a pretty good horse, an OK Boomer. Um, he repeated uh, from that race against Allowance Horses. Then he was fourth by a length in the Colonel Liam Stakes Last time out, that was a nice effort from him. Uh, debut, lost to Bluebirds over. That horse repeated next out in the grade, grade three gray cup at Woodbine. So a couple of good horses to be finishing behind there. Tyler Gaffleone's riding back. He's three for seven, riding for Sisterson at Gulfstream. He's five for seven in the money. I think this horse has got a lot of potential. Um, I know you didn't use the 10. Did you consider him at all? I did. Um, honestly, I mean, there's the seven, the, the nine, and the 10 I thought were all 
reasonable horses to use. I just, I didn't feel like going more than three deep here using the two horse clever thought, um, especially since I think Rockstar Red has a really good shot at wiring this field. One thing I didn't, we didn't mention, they went 22 and change uh, in the first quarter mile after the three didn't break there. So the three should have even more speed there based on the speed that they went in that race. Be well makes a lot of sense here, though. Um, you get Gaffleon and Sisterson. The tempo shouldn't be as bad because they're going a mile and an eighth. You have much longer to run into that first turn. So should be able to tuck over too wide in that first turn, save some ground versus being three or four wide, which is what you'd see. if They're going a mile and a 16th or seven and a half over this Gulfstream turf. So I do think that that gives you a little bit better of an edge. For me, it was really, you know, I like the three quite a bit. I think the two is going to be is a, a good favorite, not a bad favorite. I don't want to start spreading too crazy and use some of these outside horses who I think are going to need to take a step forward to, to get by both the two and the three. Last one in for me, and this one actually, uh, if he scratches, I'm going to use the uh, a different horse, but I'll talk about it in a second. Uh, the seven, just for luck, nine to two. Don't love the odds, especially when the horse was 75 to one in his Bingo. debut race. But <laughs> that was at Keeneland. And it was for an 8% trainer named Edward Vaughn. We're now switching to Jack Sisterson. is 4 for 20 at the meet at Gulfstream. Um, 7% overall last year in 2022. But he's having a great Gulfstream right now. Um, <laughs> I, love you, you know? I love that this horse uh, debuts at Keeneland for an 8% trainer. Nobody touches him, whatever. Worthington, by the way, a horse that beat him. One next out, starts with tomorrow, two cards, so take your drink. Um, Worthington, a very solid turf horse. Uh, I was very mad that he scratched out of the Columbia Stakes at Tampa last week. I was very excited to see him there, but you're getting a big, I think a huge upgrade in the trainer to Jack Sisterson and in the jockey to Luis Saez. This horse last out of the gate of 12, 14 lengths behind the leader early closes to finish fifth within seven lengths. This horse gained seven lengths from start to finish in that race. He's got ability. He's got potential. And I think the owner saw that and was like, okay, we're going to go away from you. We're going to go to Jack Sisterson. We're going to get Luis Saez to ride. So I like the seven. If the seven somehow scratches, or let's say there is a scratch in this race, seven's off my ticket. Give me King Dioro, man. Did you look at this 11, <laughs> King Dioro? You've got to play him because, first of all, this is Saez's first call. If the 7-11 are both in the race, Saez is giving the middle finger to the seven. Uh, the 11, you almost feel like he's going to start to approach a career maiden status. We're not quite there yet, but he's had some really, really nice efforts. Uh, lost to a solid Todd Pletcher stablemate in Santorini two starts back. Super wide run last time out, going a mile and an eighth over this course. Um, it, it cost him a big shot at it. With Saez in the saddle, I don't know that he will necessarily get caught that super wide. Um, but because this is Saez's top pick, because it's another Pletcher when he's got clever thought in here, I could see this going like a 211 at the wire. Yeah, I will probably dump the two if the 11 gets in um, because the 11 is going to be the more forwardly placed Pletcher. We talked about the lack of speed in this race. Well, King Dioro if Saez decides, probably could make the lead. Um, and that, I think, is a, a very beneficial thing here for the 11 being in that post. You mentioned he got longer into that first turn because we're going a mile and eighth. Well, King Dioro can clear. And, and Saez is an aggressive enough rider that he will try and clear. And the fact that the other Pletcher is going to come from the clouds makes even more sense that you send King Dioro in this spot. So if the 11 gets in, I'll take the two off my ticket. I'll go one three eleven 11 and kind of try and beat the favorite in that sense because I think you have a wildly advantageous situation for the 11 versus the two from a pace perspective. Uh, let's move on. Mike third leg of the late pick five at Gulfstream park on Saturday, March 18th race 10. We got 10 older males going to one turn mile on the dirt. And this is where things are going to start to get a little fun for us from a handicapping perspective. Non-winners of three lifetime bottom barrel, 6250 claiming tag. I don't, I, I handicapped without morning lines. And then I added the morning lines later and went, 
I don't like how this looks. I'm going to keep my ticket, but where'd you go on top? These, this is one of those classic Gulfstream sequences, right? We've got two stakes races, the bottom level claimers. We've got a brutal white race at the end for maiden claimers on synthetic. And we got this mile and an eighth, like high end maiden special weight snap right in between them. Uh, definitely challenging your handicapping acclimate here to be able to try and rip through this. Uh, I put the five moped Dennis on top. Uh, it, this horse makes just a ton of sense in this spot. Ran really well last time out, gets claimed off that effort, goes into a barn that's 16% off the claim, leaving the Engelhart barn, who's 21%, but jumping into a 15% barn, not too worried about that. One of your favorite angles, Saez decides to ride through the claim. This will be the third time in a row he's ridden on this horse. Don't have any concern about the added distance, which I think is what most people would knock here. But this is a four-year-old that just kind of seems to keep getting better and better and better. And not, not like significant jumps, but just a little bit better every time as you see the horse mature into itself a little more. Mope Dennis should probably be forwardly placed, which I like as well. Was running at Saratoga. This is a lot worse than the horses we have in the back class. So I put the five on top, but I am interested in the horse right to the outside at eight to one as well. Chakirin, uh, the six horse, who I, I think makes a ton of sense based on the race two back. And this is another one who's four years old, who when you look at this, since that layoff when uh, going from late in the three-year-old season into the four-year-old season, has just gotten marginally better every single race. Race two back, able to win at this level, and then jumps up. And I think that jump up really kind of hurt the horse. The, the horses at 12,000 N3L are significantly better than the 62.5 N2L horses. So we're getting back to the class level that I think fits much better for the six, getting eight to one on the price and getting a horse that's going to run into what, uh, what the speed there is up front because you do have a couple sprinters in here. So the five and the six were the two must uses for me. I almost stopped there. I did add one more. Where'd you go on top here, Magic? Um, I, I, I agree with you on Moped Dennis, and you, I think you literally hit every single note that I had written down. Uh, my top pick, I'm going to go with the number three, the Twins Sneakers. Kind of use the same angle that you did with, Mo, uh, I'm sorry, with Chikirin. Um, Last time out, beat 62.50 and too well by a very wide margin. I'll look very nice doing it. Um, Miguel Vasquez rode through the claim on that one as well, and it went to Castro, and he's only had four starters this year, but he had that one and got this first win of the year. Um, small sample sizes for Castro as a trainer, but all very positive. Um, I think also the fact that, uh, you know, the fact that he did so well over the course and distance last out in his first start for a new trainer. I was like, hey, there's a, we just got an improvement. You pretty much matched your career high buyer. So you would think a, a four-year-old, um, you know, still pretty early in his four-year-old season, like Moped Dennis, he's got room to improve and build upon those buyers. So I think that he fits here pretty well. Um, you know, in the money in all three starts at this level, I think that's a very significant thing to do because it tells me this is the bottom of the barrel. This is where we're supposed to be. Um, by the way, all three of those over this course and distance, all in his last three starts. So it seems like he's comfortable racing in this position. I know he got waxed pretty good by Chikirin, uh two back, but he was a lot farther back than he tends to be. As long as Vasquez can keep him more engaged like he did last time out, I think he's got a good shot here. Did you use the three? I didn't. Uh, the three feels like feels like a collapse horse, and that's kind of what happened in that last race. They went forty five and three to the to half mile, and, and they ended up going one thirty eight to the mile. And if the three horse was able to just kind of pick up the pieces there and get the job done because everyone else backed up into him. I don't think you're going to see that hot of a pace, so I don't think there's the pace set up the twin sneakers needs. Uh, so that's the reason I did not use the three. I did use the horse right to the inside, the two horse. It's another one that's, that was stepped up in class for one race, then dropping back down in AstroTurf. Uh, ran a good race, two back with Leperu. Then we stepped up one great one. We stepped up one class level. That race wasn't as good. Now we're dropping back down to this level. 
kind of sneaky here. Only the third race on the dirt, so I still think there's some room to improve there. I like Gaffleon picking up the mount. Quite a big jockey upgrade in my mind there. Um, and the, the post position, I think, should help as well because this is going to be one who wants to kind of sit mid-pack and make a run. Should be able to save ground on the far turn and then make one big swing. So I like him going 2-5-6 here. Uh, who else did you end up using here? Boy, two was the last one off for me, and I kept going back and forth about that. If I have any scratches from this race, I'll definitely throw the two in there. By the way, the owner breeder, uh, Bridalwood Farm, before they lost him for a claim, don't you think they thought they had something real special with this horse? Like, man, we got a son of Spitestown out of a Galileo mare. Bring me all the turf races you can. And the horse is 0 for 9 on turf. <laughs> it's a 2 for 24 lifetime in for 62.50 tag. Hey, listen, sometimes breeding doesn't work out. Uh, last one for me, because I also went three deep here. I used the seven. Pipa Delinda. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed you didn't get to use that horse just because I wanted to hear you try to say Pipa Delinda. I might be very mm -hmm. wrong about that, by the way. But both wins for this horse in the career came over this course and distance. First at the MCL 12.5 level, which is you know where you should be uh, breaking your maiden if you're going to race at the 62.50 level. But then repeated out of that same course and distance uh, for the 12.5 non-winners of two lifetime. We're at the non-winners of three level now, but we haven't actually been in for a 62.50 tag. The only time we've been quote unquote, at this level was when we broke our maiden. Um, the three times that we raced at that level, all three times hit the board, all three times going a mile on Goldstream Park's dirt. I think this is a horse where Chantel Sutherland fits a lot like with Super Chow, I think is a good effort. Um, you know, we're back to Chantel, by the way, after Sonny Lone couldn't cut it. Second off, the layoff, I think is a good position. Uh, and again, I mentioned first time dropping down to this low of a level. I think there's a lot of improvement here. It's just a matter of can we rediscover that form that got us that 70 buyer, you know, for winning the second career race. Well, and that 70 buyer is the best number on dirt going a mile of anyone in the field. So I, I don't I don't hate the use. I looked at the seven for a while. Um, it, the second off the layoff to me is a key. And like you said, I mean, I. Not a huge Sutherland fan, but clearly this horse and, uh, the, and she respond well together. So uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the seven pulls the upset here. Uh, uh, Michael uh, Myers and Michael Olsen are both talking. That Michael Olsen thought for sure I was going to use the four uh, Royal Kitten, which I did consider. But uh, the fact that we had, here's what I couldn't get past. <laughs> Peter Walter claims the horse for 62.50. Pretty much keeps it the same level, right? Irad gets them out the first time. We're last halfway through the race in a field of 12. All right. He gets off. Saez hops aboard. The horse doesn't even finish the race. The horse quit, I think, about a half mile into that race. Jesus Rio shows up and suddenly the horse is a monster and then can keep up. No, I don't think I don't think Peter Walters quite figured out the right concoction to get this horse to run really well. Um, we're adding blinkers, which is not that great of a move for Peter Walter um, compared to some of his other trainer stats there. So. I, I left the four off here. I hope this doesn't uh, end up biting me this, but especially at nine to two, I feel better about not using the four. And no, four is not first off the claim for Walter. That would have been a reason why Magic would have used him. Not in this case. If the four can get loose, the four is dangerous. I feel like the five is not going to let the four get loose, though. Um, so that that kind of covers up the four in a little bit in my mind. The, the two logical speeds of four and the five here, right? I, I would expect one of them is going to go to the front. We don't have too much speed to the outside. So if, if it's either the four or the five, whichever one can get loose would be dangerous. The thing is, is that the four just hasn't been that fast the last couple races. I mean, even the synthetic race where you're in second place, they went 48 to the half, right? And so if the four doesn't go, the five's loose on the lead. you got Saez, who's more aggressive than Rios. I, it, to me, the, the route for the four to win is less likely than what I would normally expect. If the five scratches out, the four becomes a lot more dangerous, right? But with the five in there, to me, that, that four isn't, too, isn't, isn't nearly as tough. 
Uh, I totally forgot that uh, I was thinking it was tomorrow, but it's today. Smile Happy returns. And Nick Feldman, welcome back to the show. Nick, good to have you. Uh, four to five on Smile Happy with one minute to post uh, at Oaklawn Park. Creative Minister also in there for Kenny McPeak. Maybe that's the one to play it at five to one instead of four to five on Smile Happy. So uh, like they've got the a seven, the seven a little speed bias, eight to one, Bayrano up. You got a, a very sloppy track at Oaklawn going a mile and eight. So I'll, I'll try and keep half an eye on that one. And uh, we'll, we'll kind of comment as we go. Uh, in the meantime, Mike, let's move on. The penultimate leg of the late pick five at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, March 18th, race 11. The Silks Run Stakes, one of my favorite ungraded stakes of the entire racing calendar anywhere. 12 older males sprinting five furlongs on the turf. The big return of big invasion. Did you use the big horse? Man, what the hell happened to this horse that Kentucky Downs race? I still, I mean, I remember no one could close a lick there. Rosario just sent him all the way back, but still seemed like an empty effort. No, I didn't use Big Invasion. I felt like this was a horse you try and get around, especially since I'm using some of the favorites early. And I like a couple prices here to take absolute swings with. Um, this just screams Rosario's going to get this horse in trouble, right? Breaking from the nine <laughs> post, not a ton of speed. There's quite a bit of speed in the race. He's going to be toward the middle to the back of the pack. I just I can see him getting this horse stopped so easily here in this spot. So I'm, I'm going to avoid using the nine here. Look, I, I love the six. Yes, it's, yes, I am free. This horse has been just a moneymaker for me, helped me win tournaments. It's, it's been a single for mine the last couple of races. Now we get this horse back here at seven to two, which I think is a really good price. Not controlling speed, but I don't really think needs to be controlling speed. Like you go back to the Gulfstream Turf Sprint, which is probably his best race on the card, and he sat second and was able to kind of just swing around some cheap speed. I think we have some cheap speed in this spot. I think the six, yes, I am free, gets a beautiful trip here. Uh, I don't mind the seven to two price, which I think is going to hold up because Karatari's in here and Big Invasion's in here. So I'm going to go with a six on top here to go back to back to back over this Gulfstream Park Turf. Taking a shot against him. I completely understand why you'd use the Yes, I am free. Um, don't don't blame me for using it. I'm actually, I was a little surprised at 7-2. to two. I forgot Big Invasion is in here, and he's your 5-2 to two morning line favorite. And you also mentioned Karatari. Um, I, to me, I think there's enough speed in here that Yes, I am free is the kind of horse that I, I think he's going to need against these horses to be sitting a little closer. But, I mean, he's won this, he won this race last year. Uh, he won the Gulfstream Park turf sprint back-to-back -back years now. The horse is really good. Heck, Coldstream Park, 8 for 15 on the turf here. Um, very good horse. Uh, there's another Laura Cazares horse in here, too. I'm not, did you end up using we'll, – I'll just skip ahead of you. Did you use the 10 as well, Panther Island? I did use the 10 as well. I, I thought this was actually a really interesting jockey upgrade. You get Jose Ortiz to jump in the saddle. Uh, Reyes had been riding this horse. Paco took it over for the turf dash at Tampa. Uh, just had some trouble there, the turf dash. And that, that race was – look, Chessmaster's very good, got loose, and just, just won that race pretty easily. I didn't love the one post there for Panther Island, uh, who wants to come from a little bit off it. But, man, that race two back where this horse was claimed out of, by the way, for $62,500, not something you see all that often, uh, was – a ex exceptional race, five to one, misses to yes, I'm free by a nose, gets the pace set up today to be able to run back into it, but has some tactical speed to say, stay close. Uh, and like I said, Jose picks it up and you're getting 15 to one. I mean, there's a lot of things to like about the 10 Panther Island. Yeah, the horse is, is, you know, the first six career starts never finished worse than second. And those two seconds were by a head and by nose. So a horse seems like he's got talent. But then something, I don't know what happened last time out at Tampa in the turf dash, just never really uh, had much of a kick. Maybe you could just blame it on Tampa being a very different course. That was the first time the horse ever left Gulfstream. So maybe that was part of it. Um, I didn't end up using either one of them, but I felt like you had to go one of two ways, which is the way you went. 
or the way that I went, and it's the same way that Michael Olsen went. I went with Karatari and Big Invasion. First of all, Karatari, if you've listened to the show, you know, is one of my favorite horses of all time. Um, I know the owner pretty well. We're good friends. Uh, two-time winner of this race in 2020 and 2021. The Janus Stakes back in December, the horse was coming back from a break, was pretty fat. <laughs> the owner told me, it's like, we were hoping uh, that he would use the race to try and get into fitness. Dropped about 100, 150 pounds, showed up for the the Gulfstream Park Turf Sprint Stakes. God, they need to rename that. Um, you know, you had a loose on the lead leader, and yes, I am free in a five-horse race. Like, there was nothing that Carl Atari could try and do about that. Uh, we're getting a big jockey upgrade from Joel Rosario up to Irad Ortiz Jr. By the way, I think, is Smile Happy going to win this, or is he going to go to the grandstand? Oh, You're seventh fighting. That's oh, seven good buddy. news, but he's going to get, nah, that last, that last little stretch bit. Got him. Good pick on the seven, Mike. It's going to be three, seven, eight. Um, creative minister, a well-beaten fourth. All right. Well, there you go. Four to five on Smile Happy. I can't wait till he shows up in a stakes race, a graded stakes race, and we can bet against him in that spot. Yeah. Anyways, Carl Atari not, talked not a about- a wonderful four uh, to five shot there. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but it, it, well, that's a, that's about as good as a McPeak four to five shot ever looks, though. Uh, so Karatari, second choice, top choice is Big Invasion. If this horse comes back like he did last year, I mean, he was easily the best three-year-old turf sprinter. And then something went wrong in the Kentucky Towns race, and uh, nobody was really closing, as you mentioned. But now we're back to a distance where we're five for six. We're back to Gulfstream where we're two for three. The only other time we lost, it was our debut. We, we got second by two lengths. Um only concern is the layoff for this horse. You don't know, you know what's he going to be like at four years old. Clement is 23% with the layoff like this. But again, the, the horse rattled off six straight wins after losing the debut when there was like the ultimate layoff there. So a little bit of a concern, but not enough for me to want to take a shot against him. And uh, fun fact for you, Mike, there's nobody else cares. Karatari and Big Invasion, their two owners, they actually team up to own horses in a lot of, uh, a lot of circuits around the country. So uh, it's funny that they've got two of the short price favorites going head to head here, but uh, I went three deep. I did use Karatari and Big Invasion. I feel like I got my bases covered with a speed horse and a closer. Uh, I mean, I don't hate the idea there to go to go two nine. Um, I, I just I think the nine is going to get better off the board here. I just couldn't do it. I agree with everything you said about Karatari. I did use the two. Uh, I, that last race was clearly one where the horse just kind of needed it. Um, and then it, I thought they were the first race off. And the next race, I agree with you as well. Yes, Humphrey was just loose. And so Karatari really had no chance to be able to make a run there. Now you're getting third off the layoff. Irad taking up the, the mount. I, this horse should be all systems go. I think Karatari should be the favorite in this race. We'll see if Karatari goes off as a favorite. But to me, the two and the six are your two most likely winners. Over your nine is probably going to go off as a favorite. I did go four deep here. Give me okay. the cheap Give me the cheap speed. Oh, uh, wait. Did I only go three deep? Yeah, I went 40. Give me the cheap speed here. Give me the seven. Warriors Pride, 20 to one. Uh, the horse is going to make the lead. It's Gulfstream Park going five furlongs. Let's see what happens, baby. <laughs> I like the 20 to one price here. I, I realize we're going to need to take a step forward, but the seven horse has been solid over this turf course. Three wins and seven starts. The last couple, you're like, yeah, all right, let's see what happens here. We're switching barns to a, to a trainer I don't know very much about, but the workouts have been absolutely on fire. You look two back, went 34 uh, and four out of a gate going uh, on the dirt, going three furlongs last time out, 47 and three. Uh, I, this horse is going well in the morning. I'll take a swing here and see if Sutherland can take this one gate to wire. And yeah, I know it's a little bit of a step up, but I, I like the price of 20 to one. I do think this horse makes the lead. It's just a question of whether or not we're there when they hit the wire as well. Once in a while, a race like this, especially a sprint, and it drives me insane when it happens. You look at this on paper and you go, like, you need two hands to count how many horses have early time form figures of over 110, right? That just screams speed, 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 burn, 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 meltdown. 
And then you get one horse that like every like every jockey looks at the page and they all go, I'm going to take back, except the one jockey on the cheap speed that was told, you get your ass out of the gate and you go until the horse can't go anymore. And sometimes the horse wins. And it, like I said, it frustrates the hell out of me. But I think you've got the right one uh, if you're looking for that angle here in the seven Warriors Pride. Um, I went three deep. The last one I use, I love this horse at a price. Would never touch this horse if I didn't get a price. 30 to one. Got to remove Charles' comment. Uh, I wrote, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong one. I'm looking at next race, number five, Bill Grano, six to one. I was like, that's not Bill right. 30 to 30 one, to one. I <laughs> like, I'll throw both hands at Bell Grano, 30 to one. Are you kidding me? Uh, Bell Grano here, like Karatari, last time out, no shot facing gate to wire winner. Yes, I am free in the turf sprint stakes. I also steadied early, didn't have a, uh, the best of trips, but again, five horse field, one horse went gate to wire, no shot. That was only his second time in his past 10 starts over the Gulfstream Park turf that he missed the board. So the horse loves the Gulfstream Park turf. Um, isn't a, and it was a complete win machine here. He's three for 23, and then he's seven for 23 everywhere else. But he's six for 17 at the distance. Missed winning this race to Yes, I Am Free by a neck. Two back won the Janus Stakes uh, with a nice rallying effort. And that came off of a, a three-month, three-and-a-half-month layoff, almost four months. Um, pops a career-best 99 buyer. Paco Lopez is aboard for those two races. Now we're switching to Hall of Fame jockey and soon to be george wolf award winner javier castellano third start off the bench i could not believe belgrano is nine years old and he's still out there competing steadily in these stakes races i mean that that alone is pretty damn awesome but um i did use belgrano here i know it wasn't the other horse you used though no i, I just don't like belgrano i mean th this horse like you said loves to hit the board here at Gulfstream park but just three for 23 over this turf course uh so a <laughs> yeah. lot of seconds a lot of thirds against Fields that aren't that good or aren't as good as this one. Uh, yes, I am free. Never lost to Belgrano here. Well, I should say, yes, I am free has beaten Belgrano at least three times. Um, so I, I feel like the six is a better version than the five. And I don't love the trip this five wants. And that to me is why I think you see this horse only three for 23 at, over this over this turf course. It kind of wants to sit in mid-pack and then make a move. And generally what you see is you either see a horse really close to the pace or really far off the pace win these type of races. Yeah. Not that one that kind of wants to sit there and middle it because you're not going to catch the speed sometimes. And when they go too fast, you make the lead and then you just get everyone on the outside just goes right on by. So I, I, for me, it was just tough to envision a way Belgrano is going to get the job done. Yeah, it's going to be uh, – there's all great points to me. I'm like, oh, he I see a horse like that. I'm like, he just needs some racing luck. <laughs> once, once in a while, I'll hit a horse like that, man. He just needs a little bit of racing luck to change for him. But you're right. That mid-pack is like the worst of both scenarios because you might have a gate-to-wire horse like, yes, I am free or, or your seven Warriors pride. Or you got a horse coming from the clouds like, you know, a Panther Island or a big invasion. See what happens there. So uh, before we move on, I want to uh, – Michael Olson, I'm so happy to hear this. He walked into the casino to cash a ticket, and he bet Smile Happy specifically because I mentioned the race was one minute to post. So he's like, all right, I can cash and leave. So uh, glad we could be making you money live on air for the Magic Mike show. All right, Mike, let's move on. The fifth and final leg of the Late Pick 5 at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, March 18th. Race 12, oh boy, we get to hit the Tapita synthetic course for 11 maiden fillies and mares, ages three and four, going five and a half furlongs in for the bottom barrel maiden level, 12 5K tag. Oh boy, where'd you go on top? <laughs> what a mess. Look, um, 
out for a run seems like the best horse. I, I mean, I, I hate sucking down five to two here as a favorite, but the four horse seems like by far the best. If you go back to the synthetic effort, three back going five furlongs over this course, that race wins this a hundred times out of a hundred, right? So it's the question of whether or not we can get back to that. Don't love that Chris Davis is adding blinkers here. Oh, for eight over the last five years, not a wonderful stat there uh, for first time blinkers is one for nine. Uh, so I guess there is some upside there with uh, the blinkers second of using the blinkers. So, We'll see what happens here, but there's nothing close to that race on this page. And and so for my mind, my money here, I think the four horse is pretty big standout. I'm going to end up too deep here, but I think the four is, is going to be tough to beat. It's going to be a short price in this spot. Um, we'll explain why I'm using the other horse in a second. It's not a short price and uh, doesn't have anything on the paper. Part of the reason. Uh, so give me the four on top out for a run. Do you use a four? I did. Yeah. Uh, I was like one, one, a with my top picks here. Um, yeah. Note that you made all great points. I'll add on and say that both the prior starts at age four, that main special weight, and then the uh, the main 20 on the turf, they were against four-year-olds and up only. Now we're getting to just throw in, we're sprinkling in some three-year-olds in here, like heading west. It's like, all right, we got we got the like the new crop, uh, beer bollies in here, Omo 10 girl. Like we got some young kids coming in here. This horse has got some experience. So I like out for a run uh, for all the reasons you mentioned. I also use the two always connected in here. I know it's, it's five to two and three to one, but man, this race is a mess. This horse last time out in the maiden 12-5 level, going five and a half over this course, uh, missed by a neck, had a lot of nice early speed with Zayas aboard. Um, you know, this is the first time that we were sprinting on the synthetic too. You know, before that, there was three straight races routing and the horse showed speed and then quit. Now we're over here on the synthetic and, and sprinting and, and did very, very well last time out um, to just miss. It was, the horse was $150,000 purchased. You know, they originally thought she was going to have some potential. She almost won her debut. She missed by a neck sprinting on the turf at Belmont. Like, that is a big, a big area for that horse to go up and almost break the maiden net. And last time out, like I mentioned, uh, missed by a neck four lengths back to third. So the top two horses very clearly better than everybody else that was in that race uh, with the way it played out. And George Weaver, 18% is the maiden claiming level. So I, I know it's chalky, but I went three deep. I got to use the two and the four. I just couldn't separate them. Okay, call out the quick San Diego here. A couple people cashing in there on San Diego to like that. I don't know if you were, you're obviously probably not watching this. I'm doing like trying to do like four things at once here. Uh, <laughs> San Diego gets the the dirty up four foul with one second left. Hits both free throws to cover. Got to love that. Covers the second half, covers the full game. All of it for wow. San Diego uh, on the dirty, dirty, meaningless free throws. Um, yeah, look, I get why you'd use the two here. This one seems just, Weaver has not been able to figure this horse out, which is very odd for Weaver. You don't usually see him jumping from place to place here, but you've got turf sprints. You've got six and a half on synthetic. You're gone a mile on turf, a mile on synthetic. You even have a scratch race where they tried the dirt. It's just like it's they're all over the place here um, in this. I'm not sorry, not a scratch race, a race that came off and they tried the dirt at Aqueduct. Weaver usually pretty good at being consistent with how to use a horse. So kind of concerning to me here that, that, that we've done all of this with this horse, just trying to figure out how to break the maiden here. Um, I will say I, I, the one thing I'm scared of is this horse second time synthetic sprinting. You mentioned it. That last time was the first time they wanted this horse to be a turf sprinter up in New York. There was no synthetic. They went to turf paradise or was it turf paradise? No, Turfway Park. They went to Turfway Park to get onto that synthetic sprinting. It went poorly. They went back to the turf. Now they're finding themselves doing something for the second time in a row. A little scary there with the two horse always connected. Uh, but we'll see. Again, I'm, we can run back to that effort two back. The four can get it done. What do we talk about with the knowns and unknowns magic? When you got a bunch of knowns and all the information isn't that good, where do you go? 
Well, I think that's how you end up on Heart of the Beast for Kathleen O'Connell, about to be the winningest female trainer in uh, horse racing history, by the way. Yeah, our, our look, look, Kathleen O'Connor can get him home first time out too. 16%, $2.62 ROI, getting 15 to 1 on this first time starter in a field full of. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, part of the beast at a price I think is awfully interesting here. You get first time Lasix for this horse. Uh, big beast, pretty good synthetic sire. You go through like Kathleen O'Connell, 14%, Maiden Claimer, $1.77 ROI, solid there. I, I feel like this one's got a shot in a pretty bad field. And like I, when I look through this and I try and find other prices, like who takes a big time step forward at a number, there ain't nobody else. I mean, this is your price that has a legit shot at winning. Maybe you can make a case for the one on the rail if you want to. But to me, the seven horse is really interesting here as the unknown at 15 to one for a trainer can get him done first time out. I, I, I don't dislike that price there. And I'm going to try and go too deep here with a short price favorite and a long shot first timer is the most likely to pull that, that upset at a big number. Listen, the last time we were on this show, uh, we had some like low level claiming race where we're like, none of these horses are any good. You just threw out the book and you said, I'm singling what I think is the best horse. So the fact that you're only going too deep in here, I'm not going to knock you for it. It worked out pretty well for you. I uh, didn't use, I did consider for all the reasons you brought up. And by the way, Rob N in the chat says the damn one second time up at Gulfstream was third on debut. Uh, she didn't make it to the races until she was four, but you know that still good stats there. Uh, ended up winning three times. All at the claiming level, we're at the 12-5 level. No, but it's fine. It's a wash here. Uh, this is where my 30 to one shot comes in. Number nine, Beer Bali, which first of all, love the name. Love great Beer name. Bali. Beer Bali. Uh, it's such a great name. Uh, <laughs> James Gulick, the trainer, hits at 23% with a positive ROI in synthetic races. So he knows what he's doing, what it takes for a horse on the synthetic Decent class drop from the maiden 40 level at Tampa across the street. Now we come to Tampa to, or come to Gulfstream and we're at the 12.5 level. Uh, I like that we're getting the bug boy Angel Morales up for seven pounds, uh, for seven pound weight break. You know, he's done pretty well, um, especially with galloping horses. He's getting known for you know riding these kind of nutty horses in the morning. I was reading an article about it. Uh, he's good at handling those horses. So uh, if she's a little nutty, I think she's going to be in good hands with Morales. But I, I didn't even know 30 to one. I was a little surprised by that. But I think. I'm going with the trainer stat. It's a trainer that does well traditionally on synthetic, uh, just in general. 13% the maiden claiming level, not that great, but uh, I'm going to go with Beer Bali here. 30 to 1. Let's get it home. Bomb it up. Yeah, I'm not going to knock you. I, you got you got a bug jock here, so you're, I would expect that we're going to be more forwardly placed. Showed a little bit of speed last time at that first race at Tampa. You're hoping it improves. Shows a little bit more here. Uh, you mentioned the synth stat is what, what really catches your eye, right? I mean, this is a 20% trainer across the country in a very short number of starts last year, just 66. 33% at Gulfstream, 23% at Synthetic. It uh, clearly knows what to look for when you're trying to get these horses ready to go. The drop going from 40 in Tampa to here makes sense as well. 30 to one's a nice price. I didn't use it, but I'm not going to knock you for, for putting it in there. Um, as far as speaking of uh, good trainer stats, Brian Lynch is 24% with an even better ROI on synthetic in general. He's got heading West in here. And I kept trying, I found I was making a case for this horse and didn't really believe it. So I left off uh, heading West, the five, five to one, probably a good decision here. But did you consider this one? I did. This one was my third horse up. If I did use another one, I'd head here. Look, the race, the five furlong uh, synthetic sprint first time out, probably good enough to compete with this group, especially considering that was at the maiden 60 level. But the, the just aggressive class drops are what concern me, especially after doing absolutely nothing last time out. I, I wouldn't be shocked if heading west wins. I mean, how often do you see a, a Clint horse sell for five hundred fifty thousand dollars? I mean, it stands for four hundred bucks. The horse sold for fifty, so they thought this horse had a future. 
uh, does have a future. It's unfortunately at the claiming level, not, uh, not anywhere else. Uh, but, but I like it's one of those horses where it's like, all right, you know, if, if the five beats me, then so be it. it you know, maybe if I, the, the problem for me is I like the four. And if I like the four so much, it's really hard again to go three or four deep in here and spread out when I think, you know, the four probably has about a 50 to 60 percent chance of winning this race in my mind. And when it's that high, it's hard to go three or four deep. All right, Mike, that's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Good to have you back on here, buddy. We'll go ahead and give it our tickets one last time. If I can find the button, there it is. All right, we'll go ahead and give them out one last time for our audio listeners. I'm going to start off singling the three, then two, three, seven, ten, then three, five, seven, two, five, nine, two, four, nine. That's $54 for mine. What about yours? I'm going to go three, six with one, two, three, with two, five, six, with two, six, seven, ten, with four, seven for 50 cents. That'll cost you 72 bucks. Uh, it is a March Madness time right now. I don't think that's anybody's shock if you're watching the show, especially. We've been talking about San Diego State. The Racing Dudes Tournament Challenge uh, last year was a big success. The winner got a big swag bag of uh, Racing Dudes gear. Doing that again this year, uh, we have four teams out of uh, 100 and over 110. I know that much. Four teams that are currently perfect. Did you know that three of those are people who are in this chat right now? Shoddy with two of the four perfect entries so far. Michael Myers uh, with another one. Michael's like, are we still alive? I don't know. I'm celebrating being great at the NCAA tournaments here. So uh, that's pretty damn awesome. Um, we also had someone named Jace who entered 25 times. Jace, if you don't win this, I think you owe us a swag bag. <laughs> 25 <laughs> shots at this. If you don't win, I, don't know, I can't help you there. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all that the, the people who are the three of the four are in our chat because we've got the sharpest chat. Let's just be serious here. We, you know, we, we got the, the winners come to watch the Magic Mike show. <laughs> uh, we also, uh, there it is. I'll pull up the full screen there. And you can see that I am currently 81st out of 110. Uh, I literally went through and just picked, I listened to Dudes Who Bet Sports on, uh, I think it was Monday, Monday or Tuesday. Aaron and Papa Dude went through and completed their brackets live on air. I completed my bracket pretty much the same way that Papa Dudes did. Uh, I do have UCLA, as you see here at the top, winning it all. Who did you pick to win it all through this, Mike? I'm down there with the star next to the five. I'm a St. St. Louis Blues 0-0. Zero, zero. Uh, that's my ESPN name down there. Uh, so I, I, I have Bama winning it all. I have Bama and Gonzaga in the right. final game. I think Gonzaga's going to be able to make a little bit of a run. My big game is – my most important game probably in my brackets is actually going to come up here in a very short time. Uh, I have Oral Roberts beating Duke and ending up in the Elite Eight. So uh, Oral Roberts is my my dark horse. And so if we can get around Duke and bust up a lot of brackets, because a lot of people like Duke quite a bit in that spot, uh, I will be very, very happy. Yeah. So I have Oral Roberts money line to try and close out a money line parlay with Furman earlier. And I've got them plus seven when they opened, and I would still bet them at plus six right now. I had a, a a whole pun about you're on fur, man. And then earlier today, and I, I just completely forgot. It's probably a good thing that I forgot. Honestly, I hear it come out now, and I'm like, that that no. wasn't a good pun. No, Furman seems like a good pun name, and it's just really not. Like three or four people have tried, none of them have been very good. It's just you know, it's it's one of those like you look at it you're like, oh, I can come up with something here, and then it's just. Mm -mm. It all bad. It all, it all goes downhill from there. Yeah, uh, I've got UCLA going all the way. I had them getting to the final four, and then I realized that at that point, I was like, if they make it, I've got to root for them. Uh, for Doctor Tank, got to get Ukla, get the Golden Bruins home uh, for him. But yeah, let us know in the chat what you think about that. If you entered, we hope you did. 
Uh, and if you're playing the tickets on Saturday, March 18th for Gulfstream Park, let us know. We'd love to hear what you're playing, even if you didn't agree with us. Uh, don't forget, OGHandicappers.net. Use promo code DUDES, D-U-D-E-S, for 10% off. That is OGHandicappers.net. Um, Jared did a really great promo video for it. It's, it's about a minute and a half long. It's on our YouTube channel, so you can go check that out as well. Kind of explains, shows off what some of the shirt designs look like uh for that so all right we got march madness this weekend i know that's pretty much where all the focus is going to be i will say saturday well morning for you and i at uh 9 45 a.m saturday they're drawing the louisiana derby field so since there's really no races to cover saturday we'll be live at 9 45 a.m when they're drawing the louisiana derby at least be aaron and i mike i don't know if you'll need a, another another nap at that point in the morning but uh you can join us for that one we'll be covering the louisiana derby for the draw with lots of kentucky derby talk and that leads me into this question before we get out of here. Nick Feldman, major dude scheduled to run in the Jeff Ruby Stakes at Turfway, which is going to be next Saturday. Kings Barnes is running the Louisiana Derby on the same day. Size is probably going to ride instant coffee. Do you think Irad goes to Turfway or to Fairgrounds, Mike? Probably Fairgrounds because of the body of the card. Um, there's a lot more stakes races there that day, although there's some good money at uh, at. at uh turfway as well and a major dude should be a pretty short price in the jeff ruby if, if you assume he can transfer that that turf form over the synthetic so uh probably a toss-up i I'm, i would guess i would guess it's fairgrounds um but we, we, we shall see it i think it depends on who he gets to ride in the louisiana derby because you've got one race there that's got a million dollar purse the jeff ruby i think is was it six hundred thousand seven hundred thousand uh, Turfway Park got over two million in purses for their six stakes that they have on on Saturday, March twenty fifth, and that includes the Jeff Ruby. You got the Bourbonette Oaks, uh, so it's a matter of do you want to go for the one big ticket? You know, they get the jockey. The winner gets sixty percent of the purse, and then the jockeys get ten percent of that. So you're looking at a sixty thousand dollar po- possible payday for winning the Louisiana Derby. Turfway Park, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. I I would guess Fairgrounds. It's a a track that he probably knows a little bit better. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They have eight stakes that day three for the uh louisiana bread so he'll probably go that route but it is an interesting question to ponder yeah i mean the, the correct answer is wherever todd pletcher tells him to go right <laughs> yes i mean that's where he'll go yeah as much as we yeah. want to like you know try and try and speculate about the purses and whatnot wherever pletcher wants him to go he's going to go i i would expect it's going to be fairgrounds we're going to leave it on this one from Nick Feldman. Someone from Furman said, F you one time, F you two times, F you all the time. Thank you for joining the Magic Mike Show. We'll be back on Monday uh, for the recap of – no, we won't. We'll figure out something to do. There's literally nothing to recap on Monday. Uh, so maybe we'll do a midweek sequence or something like that. Maybe we'll return to that old stomping ground. Um, unless there's some major derby news, which, God, please don't let there be another contender that goes out. Hopefully we need we get all a carryover. the two that we have. Let's get a carryover somewhere so we can do a carryover pool on Monday. I love that. We'll hope for a carryover. Um, oh, you know what? I could be really mean to you. I could say we're going to do two late pick fives for next Saturday, and we'll do fairgrounds on Monday because they'll have already drawn. And then we do turfway on th- – no, I'm kidding. I can't do that. <laughs> uh, coming down with or, or we go to Will Rogers down. I don't know which one you'd actually prefer more, Will Rogers. Well, they don't have turf. Uh, well, turf oh, Will Rogers down right 100%. I would much rather do their pick five, which is low takeout. <laughs> and uh, Although we'd probably break the pool if we hit it. That's a problem. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We got to support our buddy John Lee's. I, I kind of like the Will Rogers down on Monday. We'll think about it, but that's a, that's a good one, Michael. I like that. Follow us on Twitter. I'm Matt Curtis Kellward. He's at SummerBomb18, number one, number eight. Uh, corporate Overlords at Racing underscore Dudes. Blinkers Off was already held earlier today, so go check out that. Uh, lots of derby talk from Aaron and Jared, and then they go ahead 
and uh, go through all of the uh, the stakes races this week, including the two we had at Goldstream Park that we covered. Uh, so you can go check that out. But until Monday or until tomorrow for Dude to Bet Daily, uh, where we cover NCAA basketball, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this weekend, especially if you're playing basketball. Good Lord, that's tough. The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.